inclusion precedes accountability. That accountability you're looking for and you're talking about, you really have to include people in that process. I mean, we sometimes think that we could just wordsmith the procedure better to make people comply, that if I just come up with the right phrase or the right words, or if they didn't follow the procedure, then I just have to write it better. But that's not the problem. It's the relationship and the interaction. That's really where the process of change can occur. Welcome to the Portage County Safety Council podcast. We hope you enjoy today's featured message. Hi, it's Mike with the Portage County Safety Council. I'm here with Nick Coya from the Ohio VWC. Welcome back to the podcast, Nick. Hey, Mike, how are you doing today? So, Nick, we're still in this series previewing Ohio Safety Congress speakers, and we got another top 10 Safety Congress speakers with us today. And before we get into Pam, tell us a little bit about Ohio Safety Congress 2022. Mike, I am so excited about this. Every year I look forward to Ohio Safety Congress because we bring some of the best speakers from around the world here to the great state of Ohio to talk about safety and health, how we can improve leadership, how we can improve safety processes, and we bring it all right here. And this year we're doing it virtually. So check out this event. It's March 9th and 10th. There's no cost to attend, and you can just go to ohiosafetycongress.com to register for your virtual seats. It'll give you access to all these presenters, uh, their PowerPoints, and all the notes they have. There's so much to be learned there. I am really, really excited about this. And one of the reasons I'm excited about Ohio Safety Congress is because of the slate of speakers we found this year. Um, today, we have with us Pam Woloski from Specialty Technical Consultants talking on a leadership track of Are You Ready to Lead Safety Differently? Pam, welcome to the podcast. I am excited about this topic. Thanks, Nick. I appreciate the opportunity to be here. I, I was saying that I used to come to the Congress years and years ago for five or six years it's a great event. Absolutely. I haven't been there in a while, so I'm really glad to be back. And I'm looking forward to talking with you guys today. You know, we were talking pre-show, pre-recording today a little bit about your topic. And this just really tugs at my heartstrings because I'm, I'm a big leadership person. I love safety, but leadership and culture is, is where I live at. So tell us, Pam, a little bit about yourself before you tell us about the topic. Sure. I'm currently a senior program director for a EHS consulting company called Specialty Technical Consultants. And we're based all over the United States. We all work out of our homes. We do a lot of work in management systems development, leadership development, uh, risk management. And we do a lot of auditing for people who have certifications for ISO 45001, 14001, those kinds of things. Been around for about 22, 23 years now. I've only been with the company for two and a half. All right. So you got a lot of experience there. You know, leadership is a big part of this. And your topic is, are you ready to lead safety differently? And you're talking about emerging approaches, looking things a little bit differently, but focusing not on the employees or the system being the area of improvement, but internally looking at ourselves and what we do differently. Tell us a little bit about this. Well, it sort of started for myself. And so part of this presentation is about my journey when I began to really think about and be a little bit more introspective about how I worked as a leader in safety organizations. And I began to think about why maybe I was not having some of the successes that I thought I would have. I, I knew my stuff. I've been around for a long time, but you know, getting workers engaged, of course, people say that's a challenge. And so when I began to really think about me and what I was doing, I kind of came to the conclusion that maybe it wasn't just the workers or the system or the organization. Maybe it was me. Maybe I was doing some things that I didn't recognize. And around the same time, I started to get a little bit more aware of some of these emerging approaches 
to safety practice, which kind of flipped the script a little bit and see workers as solutions to be harnessed and not problems to be solved, which is something Todd Conklin, who I'm a big fan of, says. So as I began to dig into those, I kind of came to the conclusion that I needed to change if I wanted to see different results. And that's kind of the journey that I went on. And that's what I'm going to share in the presentation. You know, that is a tough pill for all of us to swallow sometimes. It's easy for us to quickly point and say, that's the problem, or they're the problem, or the organization is the problem. And not necessarily that we're a problem, but internally, we got to look at ourselves and find a way to change how we approach things. And maybe that will have an outward effect on the rest of those, those around us. How did that journey go for you? Was that was it an easy process at first to do that self-reflection, or was that kind of an internal struggle for you? At times it was a struggle and at times it wasn't, aha, you know, the light bulbs would go on and, and I would say, you know, this is stuff that I probably needed to hear 10 years ago. I've been in this business for almost 30 and maybe 10 or 15 years ago, if I'd have heard this stuff, it would have helped. I mean, it really does focus on the system in your organization and how it treats workers and how it respects them and how it values the dignity of their work. But it also talks about the importance of that relationship with the worker. We don't have to be best buddies with our with workers. And, you know, people have concerns about crossing that, you know, that border between uh, a leader and a, a supervisor and a worker. But at the same time, we need to be engaged in relationships with workers that we see their value and that they understand that we see their value. Part of it is kind of that chit chat that some of us engage in with people. You know, you know about somebody's kids or their favorite hobbies, but it's also a little bit more than that. It's the ability to demonstrate with your actions and your words that you really value what they bring to the table, what they have to say. People talk about workers being at the sharp end of the stick and that, you know, we really need to listen to what they say and how they feel about things and their ideas. And that's really what it's about. It's that relationship centered leadership that my friend Rosa Carrillo talks about that really is the foundation that really helps us begin to look at what we're doing and how we're doing it. And, and be reflective and be open to change. You know, I think the environments that we work in, as generations change, work processes change, our thoughts and beliefs change, so do we as, as leaders. And, and I have found that those companies that start to be more employee-centered, working and building those relationships are, are more successful. And I find that those are the greatest companies that have the strongest safety and health programs in place. When they're walking around and the safety manager walks through and people just scatter or put their safety glasses down and turn their back, that's a sign to me that, that there's a problem with the culture there. But when I'm walking through and the safety manager is walking right up to the line and he's like, hey, Johnny, how, how was your son's football game last night? What was the score of that? Or, you know, hey, hey, Tim over here, how was your daughter's dance recital last night? Or, you know, how are things going with your new house purchase? Knowing those, just those little pieces and having those conversations, to me, at least as a consultant in the field, is a sign of a strong safety culture because they really are tied to their employees. It's not just a statement we make that safety first. Absolutely. And it is that kind of personal relationship which you have with people. But it also then goes that next step further where the way in which you talk and engage with workers makes it clear that you want to hear what they have to say. You're not just, you know, chit-chatting, but you really want to take that relationship deeper, that you value their opinions and their ideas. And a lot of that comes from some really great research. And, and we'll talk about this in the presentation by a woman named Amy Edmondson, who's a Harvard Business School professor. And she wrote a great book called The Fearless Organization, and in which she talked about psychological safety and the idea that people will speak up when they feel it's safe to do so. 
So that age old idea about how, why does somebody walk past somebody doing something hazardous and just keep on walking? And, and the whole concepts and ideas behind psychological safety that Amy shares in her books explain that, you know, we're all, we all have a persona that we portray to the world. And we all, except with our very closest friends and family, we all are always managing what we share and what we show to paint ourselves in a positive light or to at least appear to fit in with the group. And when we challenge the norms of what's going on in the organization or bring up tough topics or try to talk to a worker about a hazardous situation that they may have put themselves in, that's a real difficult thing for people to do unless the workplace is psychologically safe, that it's okay and not only okay, but celebrated to do that. And that, I think that's the type of organization you're talking about where those organizations and in her book, Amy talks a lot about her research with the Harvard Business School, some great experiences and examples that she shared. And we'll talk about some of those in the, in the presentation. I think we have to build that foundation first, right? If we yes. can't have an open friendly conversation just about general stuff, then employees aren't going to share. But then I think it goes beyond that too of, do we follow through on those conversations? And, you know, do we take personal responsibility to move forward at that point for those concerns and ideas they bring forward to us? doesn't mean that we have to do everything they say, but do we take some responsibility and show them that we're really listening and acting upon that? Right. My, my friend Rosa Carrillo, who talks about relation-centered leadership, talks about what she says, inclusion precedes accountability. And that really resonates with me based upon what you're saying. I think that's kind of aligned. Now, Pam, in your experience, have you found a lot of this could be because who are promoting into supervisor roles? Maybe they're a good machine operator. Maybe they're a good salesman. So they performed a job well so that caused the promotion which I think all of us would celebrate that, but, the, but they may not have that supervisor, uh, people skills, soft skill, advanced human skills. Everyone's calling them different things now, but they don't really have that management type leadership style skills. So they're bringing maybe like their upbringing, the dysfunction of how they're raised at home or how grandpa was a little hard edge, you know, worked at GM and, or, you know, in the coal mines or something. It kind of right. came back and they, that's kind of how they communicate. And so when they get promoted, it becomes that same kind of confrontational dialogue instead of, you know, we like to talk about the empowerment dynamic where you're communicating in a triangle where the problem or the safety issue is the third person. And so instead of um, us first them and I'm blaming you, why is this going on? We kind of look and partner together and form a triangle to look at the issue and say, hey, let's examine this together. Let's figure this thing out together. Do you see that promotion of people into supervisor roles, maybe based off hard skills instead of soft skills, a source uh, I, of this yeah. tension? Yeah, absolutely. I think I think that's been a problem for years. And I think we forget to provide newly appointed supervisors with those skills and that skill development. And that's you know something that we talk about in the presentation. It's funny that you talk about that because I teach a class in the University of Pennsylvania for their safety sciences program. And sometimes even just the students in my class who are, you know, 21, 22 years old, talk about, you know, how stupid that worker was to have done that. I'll show a picture of something from a work site that I've been on and they talk about how stupid and they should be disciplined or fired or whatever. And I find it interesting that even at that young age, they pivot right to that disciplinary process rather than asking that learning question, uh, why is that happening the way it's happening? What is happening there? And really wanting to seek to understand 
and not to reply. And I think those are really important skills that people have to develop. Most of us don't come by them automatically. You really have to work to develop that curiosity. When people ask me what's one of the most important things for a safety leader to have skill, I always say curiosity. You really have to understand why and want to understand why. And that curiosity will lead you down those paths that you think you need to be on to really learn about what's going on and be a partner to solve the problems. So with this presentation, you're really focusing in on the everyday safety professional that's working in the field. We're not focusing on that, you know, C-suite, CEO, CFO. We're we're focusing in on those that are doing this job every day, how we can improve ourselves as leaders then. Yeah, absolutely. Because I think we're the group or that's the group that really needs it. I mean, there's a lot of leadership development courses out there for senior folks and C-suite folks. But that that everyday safety professional who's out there, who really wants to do the right thing, who really has good, strong technical skills, I think they really need the opportunity to understand how the way they behave and the things they say may be impacting. Because at the end of the day, they'll hopefully become the senior safety professionals in the organization. And we want them to get that foundation now while they're working out there on the production floor or the construction site. So that 10 years from now, when they're the vice president of EHS, they have that mindset built in. And that will hopefully begin that transition, that change process that we're looking for in our profession. You know, I often talk with my employers about, you know, negative consequences will get you that instantaneous change in behavior, but it lasts a very short time. Where those positive interactions and finding ways to, to coach people may take that behavior change a little bit longer to last, but when it happens, it maintains for a longer time period. And I think this is just another tool to help them achieve that. Yeah, again, inclusion precedes accountability. That accountability you're looking for and you're talking about, you really have to include people in that process. We sometimes think that we could just wordsmith the procedure better to make people comply, that if I just come up with the right phrase or the right words, or if they didn't follow the procedure, then I just have to write it better. But, But that's not the problem. It's the relationship and the interaction. That's really where the process of change can occur. You know, this is great information, and I am really excited about this presentation. I love leadership stuff. I love that research type of piece and just how do we better develop leaders. But, you know, for those listening today, we still got about, you know, a couple of weeks to go before Safety Congress. What can I do? What can they do today? What is your one call to action? What is the one step you want them to take? I think the first thing I would suggest is that you really think about yourself, that you be prepared if you're not satisfied with what's happening in your position or your organization, is that you be prepared to be introspective. And that's not to wag my finger at everybody and say it's your fault. People come to this position, these this profession with good intentions. I trust that and I believe that. But we all sometimes have to think about the way we lead and see if whether or not the way we lead might be getting the results that we don't really want. And so if people are willing to do that, then when they listen to the presentation, I'm hoping there'll be some good takeaways for how they can then move forward down the road. That's great stuff. I'm really excited about this. Before we uh, hop off here today, Pam, can you tell us a little bit about um, how we can get a hold of you, uh, website, business, any of that type of stuff you'd like to share with our listeners? Sure. My email, I'll spell it out, pwalaski, W-A-L-A-S-K-I, at S-T-C-E-N-V dot com. Website is specialtytechnicalconsultants.com. Either way, you can reach me that way. And if you want to try my cell phone, that's fine too. 412-463-4692. Happy to chat. All right. Thank you so much for being here with us today. Everyone remember, Ohio Safety Congress and Expo is March 9th and 10th. And you can register for this session and many others at ohiosafetycongress.com. 
Everyone be safe. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. For more episodes, check us out on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Podbeam, or Stitcher. To get new episodes sent directly to your phone or smart device, be sure to subscribe. To learn more about how your company can earn up to a 4% Ohio BWC premium rebate by becoming an active member of the Portage County Safety Council, please visit our website at www.portagecountysafetycouncil.wordpress.com. The preceding information is for entertainment purposes only. Views expressed may not reflect the views of any affiliated or sponsoring individuals or organizations. Listeners should carefully weigh information provided and seek advice from an appropriate professional before implementing. Listener discretion is advised.